Hi guys, welcome to episode three in our fourth season here on the podcast today. We're talking about the 12 appliances that make real food convenient. Now don't get me wrong, I'm definitely not saying that you need all of these appliances. Heck, I'm not even saying you personally need even one of these particular appliances, but what I am saying is these are the 12 that I use in my kitchen all the time that help me make real food conveniently for my family. I'm Michelle Visser, author of Sweet Maple and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Solely Rested, because sometimes the only rest you can find is in your soul. Welcome back to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast, where we talk about how to simplify our lives in the midst of modern day life, one step at a time. Let's do this together. So I realize we are all very different and we all would have different lists of what our favorite appliances are. And there might even be one that you personally feel like you could never live without that I don't even mention today. For instance, one that maybe a lot of you love that I'm not going to give a voice to except for right now because I'm talking about it (laughs) is an Instapot because I've never had one. I've never had an interest in having one. I've never had a desire for one. You see, if something is going to take up room in my kitchen or some of these appliances actually live in our back hall, which connects our house to our barn because I have some storage area there, if they're appliances that I'm not using daily, they might be relegated to back there and I go and grab them once a week or have wrapped and I'm using them. Um, but whichever case, if they're on my kitchen counter or in the back hall, they're taking up a footprint and they're a pain if I'm not actually going to be using them and they just cause extra strife in my life if I'm going to use it once a year, maybe, you know, so, so something that has some fancy bells and whistles that everybody else loves, I might not really even be interested in if I can't decide that indeed there's like assurance for me that it's really going to be something I love and that it's really going to somehow make life can more conveniently like make <laughs> that wasn't correct grammar somehow going to make my life more convenient if not I don't want it taking up space so I really did not intend to bash Instapot because I know a lot of people love it and I'm sure it's a great thing to have if it's something you want I just don't want it so it's not going to be on my list my only point in even bringing that up is that you need to personalize the information I'm giving you today for you and your family. And some of these things, as I explain them, you'll realize, yeah, nah, that's not really something that's going to help me. And that's fine. Totally okay. But I thought it would be helpful for you if I run down my list of these dozen items that I personally love, and you can figure out if it's something that would be helpful to you too. Before we dive in though, I want to mention our sponsor for this episode, True Leaf Market is my absolute favorite source for all things seed. Right now, I'm really busy with getting ready to get the garden planted. It's exciting. And I love True Leaf. Their germination rate is unbelievable. I've never bought seeds that are as reliable as these seeds. So if you still need some seeds, definitely check them out. But they're not just about seeds. There's also my favorite fermenting springs. It's a fantastic kit. I love their 
couple different kinds of lids, smart lids to store my bulk food in five gallon buckets. And I love their stainless steel rims and lids with this amazing seal for mason jars. Um, and that's not even everything. There's more. Oh, sprouts. I love their sprouting seeds, their sprout kit. It's just a great company with great resources. So please go to solelyrested.com slash seeds for that really great offer that's only available for a limited time and check out this company because I love them. Also, um, I want to remind you that I told you in the first couple episodes of this series, I hopefully will remember to remind you again as the series goes on too, that I created something just for you guys to really help us work through this idea of making food, real food, convenient. I created a pantry list, a pantry supply list. And if you go to solelyrested.com slash pantry, you can download that instantly, totally free. And hopefully that will help you get started down this road of really seeing real food as a little more convenient. Okay, so solelyrested.com slash seeds for that amazing offer and solelyrested.com slash pantry for the pantry supply list. And finally, definitely go to solelyrested.com slash coupons because a lot of these things I'm working my way through explaining today, there's a special, very limited time offer available on these appliances. I went to the companies and I said, can you help me out? Can you help my listeners? Can you give us any kind of a special? So please go to solelyrested.com slash coupons to check out those limited time special offers as well. Okay, I think that's all of the things I had to... Uh, oh no, there's one more thing. <laughs> solelyrested.com slash kitchen. You will find links to not only all 12 of these appliances I'm going to run through, to the ones that I personally use. If you want to know like a certain model or any specific details, go to solelyrested.com slash kitchen. Um, there's also other things there I'm not even mentioning today. So I think whew, that's all the stuff I wanted to make sure I told you before we dive in. Okay, some of these items, I, I kind of was struggling with the title of this episode because some of these items aren't actually what you would call appliances, just so you know. Um, I thought about calling it tools, but tools doesn't sound right because that makes me think of a can opener. I don't know. So just so you know, I do realize some of these aren't truly kitchen appliances, but I think you'll get the idea. Okay. I also didn't really give a specific order to the list. I thought about, well, should I organize it this way or that way? Like which would I use the most or which items are in my kitchen on the counter and which ones are in that back hall situation? Or, you know, I thought of different ways to organize it. And I finally just said, Michelle, you're thinking this too, you're thinking too far into this. <laughs> just share your list. Okay. So this is a random order, just so you know. My first item is a dehydrator. I have tried for, if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably heard me say this, for decades, I have struggled with dehydrating food. I thought I didn't like doing it, honestly, because I always struggled with getting it right, and it just, I just didn't really like the texture, and I've come to realize, now that I have gotten this amazing, what I call the Cadillac version of dehydrators, I've come to realize I was just playing around with not very good ones because I thought I had to save. Well, I did have to save money. I mean, <laughs> I thought I, I couldn't invest that much money on these high-end dehydrators. And if they make them 
for a lot cheaper. Surely that one will work. Well, it could be me guys. I mean, I know plenty of people that have some of those cheaper models that don't complain. So it very well could be me. I could have been doing something wrong or weird or who knows, but I tried two of those cheaper models for decades. And finally, when I got to this one I have now, I realized, you know, I think I should have just invested up front in the good one because this is amazing. Okay, why have a dehydrator? Well, I love so much about dehydrating food as a way to preserve it. I mean, dare I admit to this? I'm actually hesitating now that I started saying it. (laughs) Guys, I'm not a fan of canning. I just, I don't like it. On canning day, I'm kind of cranky. And I just, it's stressful for me, I guess, is what it is. Or it's just time consuming in a way that I just don't want to spend my time. I don't know. I do can my food, but I'm just, I've never been a big fan of it. But dehydrating, I actually enjoy. I put on some good music. I slice up my food. I line up the trays and it feels so satisfying to put these dozen trays full of amazingly sliced, beautiful food in there and close the door and hit a button and know that I'm going to fill up a mason jar with these amazing dried strawberries or these amazing apple chips or banana chips or whatever it is, or kale chips. Mm, Love that instead of potato chips. Anyway, it's, it's, it's satisfying to me in ways that canning never was. So for me personally, it's my favorite way to preserve food. But specifically, if you compare dehydrated food to other ways to preserve it, I love that, first of all, dehydrated food takes up so little space. You know, when you're taking the moisture out, you're literally minimizing the size of that food considerably. On top of that, if you want to then go and make um, dehydrated powders out of it, it's even taking up less space. And it's not like a heavy item to store. It's so lightweight. Whereas if I line up all my jars of beans for the summer, the shelf starts to look like it might bow or break because they're heavy, right? But the dehydrated fruit that I line up in the root cellar is so light and it's not taking up space. It's not really heavy. It's just really easy to store, but it's also a really cost-effective way to preserve food. Like the cost of canning lids and then for those years that it's been so hard to find canning lids, um, I mean, it adds up like I'll even, I will not use a wide mouth jar to can something that doesn't have to be in a wide mouth jar, like green beans. I would, unless I had no other option, I would never can green beans in a wide mouth jar because I'm trying to be efficient with my money and a wide mouth lid costs a good bit more than the regular size lid, right? So I only use my wide mouth for pickles because that's what I need the wide mouth jar for. So with um, dehydrating, you don't have something you have to buy every year, like the canning lids. So you don't have to worry about is something going to not be available in a supply chain for some reason, or is this going to cost me, you know, how much over the next 20 years am I going to invest in canning lids or rims that have rusted or new jars or whatever it is with dehydrating? Yes, there is definitely the upfront expense. If you're going to get 
a really nice model of a dehydrator. But you don't have to, by the way. In fact, if you are interested in knowing lots about dehydrating, I'm actually really excited that I pulled this together and hit the publish button just yesterday because um, I knew I'd be talking about it some today, and I knew for other reasons too. I, I just really wanted to get this information out because I have certain questions that people will often ask me, especially over on Instagram, whenever I show anything I've dehydrated. And it's it's hard for me to give detailed good answers again and again and again Instead, I put together this totally free six-day e-course that you will get an email in your inbox every day with just nuggets worth of more information that by the end of the week, you're going to be like an expert on how to dehydrate food. So if you're interested in getting that resource, just go to solelyrested.com slash dehydrate or go over to my Instagram. It's one of the many links. In fact, everything I'm going to mention today, as far as links that you can go to find certain things, um, all of it, if you go to my Instagram page and then you click the link in my bio, it will take you to a long list of links and they're all labeled. If you want to know how to mill your own fresh flour, if you want to know how to make kombucha, if you want to know how to dehydrate food, there's links. You can just click on any one that you're interested and in, take advantage of all those free resources that I've compiled and put together over the years for you. So I just wanted to let you know that that's there. But now I'm forgetting what I was actually telling you. What was I telling you? Oh, I know. At least I think I do. I was explaining that you don't have to buy a dehydrator to dehydrate food. Now there's definitely a lot of benefits to having one and there's certain foods you really can't dehydrate without having an actual dehydrator. Although you could probably use an oven for almost everything instead of a dehydrator. It's just not gonna be as, um, as efficient, definitely, and it's also not gonna be as precise. But um, you definitely have other ways to dehydrate and I explain that in that free e-course that I mentioned. So definitely, if you're interested in knowing more, absolutely go check that out solelyrested.com slash dehydrate. Um, what else? So it's cost effective. Um, oh, what else? Oh, it's shelf stable. There's no need to ever refrigerate your dehydrated food. Like I have on my kitchen ledge for easily accessible, good for me snacks. It changes often, but what do I currently have? I'm trying to think. I have dehydrated strawberries in a mason jar with a flip lid. And I think I have peaches and apple chips maybe is what I have. Um, but it's in just a mason jar with just a flip lid so I can easily get out a handful. But they can sit there on my counter for months until I've emptied the jar and I go and refill it with something else. It doesn't have to go in the refrigerator, which is a really big deal for me because my refrigerator, oh my gosh. Right now, if you guys could see my refrigerator, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't respect me and we probably couldn't be friends because it is just a mess. I've been saying for a week to Bill, like poor Bill, the other day he was trying to put something in it and like three things almost fell out. <laughs> I said, honey, I know I'm going to... This weekend, I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna organize the fridge and I still haven't done it. But anyway, <laughs> I don't have a lot of room in my fridge. I'm not good about keeping it organized. So any food 
that I don't have to store in the refrigerator is a huge bonus with me. But I mean, just the idea of it being shelf stable is so valuable, especially if power goes out or it's just, it's a great thing to have shelf stable preserved food. Um, and I mentioned that you can powder it. Not only does that take up even less space and that free course that I put together explains what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, um, but you really have zero waste because you can literally use the exact amount of that powder that you want to reconstitute for whatever you're making. And you don't have, like if you're doing spaghetti sauce, you take exactly the amount of the dry powder of the tomatoes and add the amount of spices and water that you want to make the sauce that you want to make. And then you don't have anything left open and unused that needs to go in the fridge that then is going to go to the back corner of the fridge that's then going to get mold on it and you're going to have to throw it away. Like I can't stand when I have a half used jar of tomato sauce that goes bad in the fridge. But you don't have that if you have dehydrated your tomatoes and learned how to make it into powder and learned how to reconstitute it. You can get the exact amount that you want and make it just right every time. So so many reasons that I love dehydrating food. I feel like I spent longer telling you that than I really wanted to because I'm still on the first appliance. <laughs> but, um, oh, another good thing about an appliance, if it has more than one use, I'm a big fan. And the dehydrator isn't just, although it's primarily what I do use it for, isn't just for dehydrating food per se. You can also use it to um, rejuvenate stale food like crackers or chips that have been left open. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you're like me, if you have anybody in your house, I won't name any names, but anybody in your house that is notorious for leaving the bag open. Like guys, there's always clips nearby. You just open the junk door, pull out a clip. It's not that hard. Fold over the bag and put a clip on it. But it, 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 it doesn't happen. And like you find this bag that's sat there open for six hours and you're going, guys. Okay. With a dehydrator, you can line up the shelves with the chips or the crackers or these items that are stale, run it for a little bit of time and it rejuvenates them. It makes them fresh again or your cookies or whatever. If it's gone stale, this it's like magic. You also can use a dehydrator to ferment yogurt and it keeps the temperature nice and low and stable and makes for wonderful yogurt. And I have not done this one, but I am determined to do it soon. We make homemade pasta pretty often, but I never make extra. Like it always, it's, it's always so appreciated. It all gets eaten right away, but I want to make extra and line my dehydrator trays with the linguine or the spaghetti noodles and dry it out. And then it will keep for a really long time. And it would be so much easier. Talk about convenience, you know, to have the homemade pasta that I can have for dinner one night that I didn't have to make at all. I just pull it out because I dehydrated it. Um, anyway, so moving on. I also, when I got my dehydrator at the same time, I got a vacuum sealer. And that was a really good choice. A vacuum sealer is something rather new to me didn't have it for the longest time. And obviously anyone can survive without it because I certainly did. But man, is it nice to have. It really present, prevents so much waste because, you know, as soon as oxygen hits food, 
it, it allows mold to grow, right? I mean, it just, just does. So, so quickly in a refrigerator, even if you've done your best effort of covering it in wrap or putting it in a Ziploc bag, it doesn't take long for the mold to grow. And if you know, oh, this block of cheese, we're not going to use this for weeks now, for whatever reason. Like for me, I every Friday night's pizza night, and we like to have fresh mozzarella that we slice to put on the bruschetta pizza. It's like the most favorite in our house. But that's the only thing I use the mozzarella cheese block for. So if I have some left over and I know, oh, you know what? Next weekend, we're not going to be making pizza because we're going wherever. Then I can vacuum seal it and it's not going to go bad. I can just put it in its own little bag, seal it up, suck, it sucked all the oxygen out. So there isn't going to be any mold forming and it's going to be ready for me two or three weeks from now when we do want to use it for pizza. So the amount of food that that has saved has probably paid for my vacuum sealer already. Um, it's also great for in the freezer, of course, because you know if you can vacuum seal meat. Um, we also we do freeze cheese too for different reasons. And if you don't suck that oxygen out, of course, then when air comes in contact with the food in the freezer, it's going to oxidize it and cause freezer burn. And I personally can still eat something that's been a little freezer burnt, but Bill, I swear, his taste buds are like really objectionable. Wow, motorcycle just went by. <laughs> um, really objectionable to the flavor of freezer burn. Like he just can't handle it. So it's important to me to avoid freezer burn and vacuum sealing things before you put them in the freezer. It definitely does that. And side note, I haven't done this, but I've also heard, and this was another reason that I thought, you know, it might be worth getting a vacuum sealer. I've heard it's great for um, things that aren't food. Like if you have documents that you really don't want to get aged, like, I don't know, maybe diplomas or certificates or something that you can vacuum seal them. And then they're like new 30 years from now kind of thing. I don't know. And someone had told me, I thought this was a good idea. If you get, if you have like prepper kits or emergency kits, which I don't, but I probably should, honestly, I really probably should. It's nice to put things like, um, bandages or like, uh, creams, like medicated creams and stuff in a vacuum sealed bag because they're going to keep a whole lot longer. They're not going to deteriorate and degrade if they are in your kit for a decade, you know? I mean, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say decade. I don't know if it lasts a decade, but I think it probably would. Or it will keep them from getting wet too, like especially matches. That's a really, I thought that was a great idea to put matches and a vacuum seal bag in your safety prepared kit. Because even if things get damp in there for any reason, the matches are still going to be usable. Okay, so that's all I can think of to tell you about a vacuum sealer. Moving on, grain mill. I love, love, love being able to grind fresh flour. The nutritious reason alone makes it all worth it. I explain, I feel like this episode is already getting longer than I had intended. So I'm not going to go into the details now about fresh flour. I probably should do. Have I done an episode about that? I can't even remember. Um, there's, there are some highlights on my Instagram page that go into pretty good detail about fresh flour, but also, if you go to solelyrested.com slash, is it flour? Yes, flour. 
there's a great free resource of an e-course that walks you through all the benefits of fresh flour and how to grind your own. So our grain mill, I actually have two different kinds. Love both of them. Feel free to message me directly if you would like more information. I only link one of them at solelyrested.com slash kitchen, I guess, because I just feel like it gets so confusing. But um, I explain, I think, in that e-course, the difference. I do in my two different mills and why I have two. But regardless, you, you definitely don't have to have two mills. I'm, I'm crazy like that. <laughs> but it literally just takes maybe an extra minute of your time to grind the flour instead of using flour from the store. But the value nutritionally and otherwise is crazy good. And I explained to you how I store the wheat berries, how I store the flour, all of that in that course, solelyrested.com slash flour. Needless to say, grain mill is an appliance I'm very thankful that I have, especially in the craziness of today's world and the time period in 2020 and 2021 when, I don't know about where you live, but where we live, flour was in a definite shortage. You would go to the stores and it was sometimes impossible to find flour at the store. And I, it was such a good feeling to know I had a five gallon bucket full of wheat berries at home and I had my mill and flour was not going to be an issue, at least for a long time to come. So I'm very thankful I have that. Um, next appliance, blender. I, for the longest time, this is kind of like the dehydrator thing. I don't know why I just, I was hesitant to spend money on a fancy blender. It seemed crazy to me when you could get a blender for one-tenth of the cost, but I never was able to get those cheap blenders to work. How many have I had over the years? Maybe three different ones? And I was never pleased with them because I really wanted frozen drinks, like frozen you know, milkshakes and smoothies, but I couldn't, the blender just couldn't do it. Like I had to keep adding water or adding milk or whatever it was, and then it would just be so liquidy and it wasn't what... I wanted. So when I finally broke down, and this is like the Cadillac of blenders too, by the way, I realized all along, you know, like the dehydrator, I probably should have figured out a way to save up the funds and buy it correctly and buy the right thing in the beginning decades ago. And I would have appreciated so many things, (laughs) so much more. But the blender that I have actually is even an added extra step that I actually really like. I hesitated. Do I really want that? Will I use that extra benefit? I do, and I love it. It has this vacuum seal um, attachment that makes it a vacuum blender, which means it actually takes all the oxygen out of the pitcher before it mixes it. You don't have to use that. You can use it like a regular blender, but if you put this little top on it, hit the button and give it a minute to take all the air out, then you're maintaining all the nutritional value because the heat of the blender and mixing it up somehow, I don't know the science behind it, it it takes away some of the nutritional value, but it also gives it a really great flavor and it makes for a light fluffy texture without things getting foamy, you know? Um, So... It also emulsifies things better because there's no oxygen in there. So it keeps your ingredients from separating, which really comes in handy with peanut butter. It still will, because it's homemade natural 
peanut butter, it still will have some oils that come out and separate after it sits for a few days, but not nearly as much as when I used to make peanut butter with my food processor. So anyway, I love it. I use it for making smoothies. I'll use frozen bananas as my base for both smoothies and protein shakes usually. Um, I love it for making peanut butter. So good. I mean, if, if I only had this blender for making peanut butter, it would be worth it hands down because it makes it so much faster, easier, and better than when I used a food processor to make my natural peanut butter. Um, and you don't have to use the oven. Whenever I used a food processor, the only way I could get it to blend well would be to heat my peanuts, which is fine. I mean, that, and that's what I did for years, but now I don't even have to turn the oven on. So it's probably saving me a decent amount of money every year. in just the fact that I'm not turning my oven on to make my peanut butter, which I make really often. I might be a peanut butter addict. It's possible. Um, and I use my blender for making dried mixes. Like, um, I'll use it to mix up my taco seasoning really well. I'll use it to mix up my homemade hot chocolate mix. So everything is mixed up really well. And sometimes some of the components of these different things that I make are a little larger in grain size than some of the other components. So it's just not even, I feel like, unless I blend it through this blender. And anyway, so that's what I use my blender for. I use it a lot, love it. I, I hope I never have to go back to life before this amazing blender. Um, what else? What else? What else? Okay. So now I'm on to air popper. Might seem crazy to say this is an appliance that I need to make real food convenient. But if you knew how much my family loves popcorn, you would understand. And I feel like popcorn has replaced so much junk food in our life. It's amazing. It's so good. If it's air popped, it's the best tasting popcorn. I get my popcorn. I mentioned this in a previous episode, I think. Um, let me look. I wrote it down. Episode nine in season three. I talk about six swaps that I highly recommend everybody consider doing. And one of them is using air pop popcorn instead of microwave popcorn bags. Because those microwave popcorn bags, I think I explained it in that episode. I'm not sure. Um, they're lined with chemicals. I mean, the same chemicals that they use to make Teflon pans can be found in the lining of microwave popcorn bags. Like what? And sadly, when that chemical is heated is when it really causes problems. It's been linked to infertility and cancer when this chemical is heated and ingested. But for some reason, it is completely legal to still use it in the lining of air popped, of not air popped, popcorn bags for the microwave. Um, but air popped popcorn is a delicious whole grain snack. It's good for you. It fills you up. And then, you know, depending on the topping, you can be totally creative with your topping. Our favorites are Old Bay seasoning and nutritional yeast and salt. Not at the same time, two different things there. Um, but so air popper, it's probably used once a day in my house. And, and some days it's definitely used more than once. Also an air fryer is another appliance that I would not want to have to go back to not having it. I've really tried to use our microwave much less than I used to. It used to be something I used continually, but I've really tried to not use it. An air fryer is an amazing way to do that, to totally ditch the microwave. And it, it heats food so much 
better. Like there's no more soggy pizza crust or the chewy meat that you can't even chew. It's so chewy. <laughs> um, and it's so much more energy efficient than heating up an entire oven to just use the little air fryer. It's faster than the oven would be. And it doesn't heat up the house. So I use it a lot. I think what I use it the most for is potato wedges. We have potato wedges probably a few times a week with our meals. And it's just so easy. You just clean the potato. I don't um, skin it. I just clean it, cut it into wedges, line the trays in my air fryer. And within 15 minutes, oh, wait, I forgot a step. <laughs> After you cut it into wedges, I put them in a bowl and I coat them with a little bit of avocado oil and a little bit of my favorite Redmond's garlic pepper. Then I put it on the trays of the air fryer, cook them for 15 minutes at, mm, I think it's 370. And they're perfect. Absolutely perfect. Everybody loves them. So easy. Real food, convenient at its best. All right. The next thing on my list, I actually don't have much to say about this. I don't feel like, which is good because then I can move along <laughs> the KitchenAid mixer that I have. I love it. I did have just the regular standard KitchenAid before I upgraded to the professional model that I now have. And it was fine. I have no complaints about it. But once we became sugar makers and I started making maple cream and maple sugar from our maple syrup, the motor just couldn't handle it. It's it's a fine mixer, but if you're going to do a lot of heavy duty stuff, then I highly recommend my current KitchenAid mixer um, that's linked on the page, solelyrested.com slash kitchen. But I think a mixer is an appliance that everybody really should have. I do feel like I use it many times a week, not daily, but definitely many times a week. And I mean, I, I think I'm probably preaching to the choir here because probably all of you do have a nice stand-up mixer, but especially for baked goods, it's just so time consuming sometimes to hand mix or to use a hand mixer, but those stand mixers, they really get the job done and they get it done efficiently. Okay. Another one. Some of these things you guys are going to think I'm crazy. This one, you might be like, what? A hot water heater, instant hot water heater. You can have this kind of thing in your sink, like so you just flip a little um, spout right there on your sink. But for some reason, that didn't work in our setup. I don't know if it's because we have a well. I can't remember now. So Bill got me this standalone unit. I don't know how many gallons it holds. Um, it's linked on solelyrested.com slash kitchen if you want to go check it out. But it's a standalone unit. It holds a lot of water. And it's just what it says. It is instant hot water at the touch of a button. And I drink a lot of tea. I mean, a lot. <laughs> and it comes in really handy to just have that instant water. Bill actually started looking into it. I'll just tell you the truth. Because not once, but twice. Twice. I burned my teapot. Like, first of all, the first one, I melted the whistle. That's how bad, like I'm embarrassed to say this. That's how bad I was at, I would have many cups of tea a day. So I'd always be putting the kettle on and then I'd walk off to do something. And somehow I never even heard the whistle this one time. Maybe I even went outside, who knows, but it, it was it, totally a fire hazard, so bad. And I knew like, okay, I'm not going to do that again, but then I do it again. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. 
But he finally got to the point after two times of me literally burning the teapot, like, okay, this is not good. We do not want to lose our house to a fire because of Michelle's tea. I need to solve this problem. (laughs) So he got me this instant hot water heater and it's been wonderful. And it's so nice when you have company and you want to serve tea that it's just instant. Like, okay, guys, what would you like? And boom, you can set the mug right in front of him. Here you go. Um, I also use it a lot for recipes when it calls for a cup of hot water. It's just nice that it's no extra step. You just get it out of the instant water heater and you're done. Um, (laughs) the next one, you're really going to think I'm crazy. Ice cream maker. I seriously would not want to go back to life without an ice cream maker because ice cream is, it's really loved in my house. And I struggled with a couple things. One, how bad it is for you. Like I would get, you know, the slightly better versions. Maybe they were a little more nutritional, but my family really loved the ones that were just totally loaded in calories and not good stuff. Um, But two, going back to that idea of freezer burn I was talking about a while ago, almost never did the whole thing of ice cream get finished before it would get freezer burned. And I don't know, I don't know why that's been solved by having an ice cream maker, except just maybe that the ice cream is that much more delicious and we just make it as we use it, maybe. I don't know, but I, I never have freezer burn ice cream anymore. But I'm going to share the episode, um, I think in the next episode. Yes. Did I say I'm going to share the episode? <laughs> I'm going to share my recipe for my family's absolute favorite homemade ice cream in the next episode. But I I love this ice cream maker. It takes 20 minutes, tops. Put your ingredients in, hit the switch. And in 20 minutes, you have the most amazing homemade ice cream. So you literally can think about it as you're preparing dinner. Start it. It takes just two minutes, not even, to put the little bit of ingredients in and hit the switch. And before you're done dinner, your dessert is ready. And you know exactly what ingredients are in it. It's like three, four ingredients. You know exactly what they are. No junk no crap in it. No, it's just, it's just all real food and it's so good. Um, so that's why ice cream maker is on my list. A continuous brew kombucha vessel is on my list. I know that most of you do not make your own kombucha and I hesitated to put this on my list, but I thought, you know, it's absolutely one of those things in my kitchen that I could not go without now. If you want to know more about kombucha, there's a free resource for that too, solelyrested.com slash kombucha, where I break down all kinds of stuff for you and walk you through how to make it. And I even share recipes there. So go to solelyrested.com slash kombucha, but the continuous brew vessel has like changed my life when it comes to DIY kombucha. It has become so easy, so almost effortless because I have this wonderful four gallon stainless steel vessel that is always brewing my kombucha for me. I, I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't do it any other way. So, and I think we've been making kombucha. Oh, I bet you it's been almost seven years now. And I can't imagine not having a glass of DIY kombucha just the way we like it every day. So that's why that's on my list. Okay, I got a couple more. Is it just two more? I think that, yeah, we're down to just two more. 
um, a marinator for meat. I, for the longest time, struggled with thinking about marinating our meat the night before. I don't know why. It was just something I just couldn't get over that obstacle. And so I would just marinate it for a few hours, but it wasn't as good. You know, it wasn't the same. So when I discovered this instant marinator, I was so happy and it totally changed the way that I cook meat. It is so easy. You literally pump out the air, let it sit for five, maybe 10 minutes, and then it's ready to cook. So it's highly recommend, highly recommend. And last but not least, a sprouting garden. Again, you guys think I'm crazy, right? Now that I'm really thinking through my list, it's like not typical things, (laughs) but these are the things I wouldn't want to be without. Because a sprouting garden helps me always have some kind of fresh food, homegrown, all year long, which when you live in New England, and you have maybe eight weeks, 10 weeks out of the year that you're harvesting your own food because of the short growing season, having your own homegrown food available the rest of the year is invaluable. And a sprouting garden makes that so easy. I don't keep it on my counter all the time. It's only on my counter for those days that the sprouts are growing. It takes three to five days and they're ready. And then... I store them in the refrigerator for another week or so until they've all been eaten. So in that time when they're done growing, before I'm ready to start a new batch, I don't keep it on the counter. I just stash it in the back hall area and I bring it out when I'm ready to grow new sprouts. But it, it, it's wonderful being able to have fresh food in the middle of January with two feet of snow on the ground. I can be adding sprouts to my salad and to my sandwiches and to my soups. And I can be enjoying real homegrown fresh food all year long. So there you have it. I am not saying you need anything on this list, but I hope that hearing why these different things are important to me has either inspired you or encouraged you that maybe one or two of those things Michelle talked about is something worth looking into. Um, because it really will make real food more convenient for our family. Or maybe I've just explained, by explaining the reasons these are important to me, maybe it will resonate some ideas in your mind of what's important to you and what appliance would help you with that, even if it's not an appliance that I've mentioned. So there you have it. I know I mentioned a whole lot of links with resources for you this episode, So I will do my best to put all of those links in the show notes. So if you want to hop over to the show notes and find them there, hopefully that will make an easy place for you to go resource everything. If you're like me and you like listening while you're driving or while you're washing the dishes, I know you can't stop and write down this link that Michelle mentioned. So hopefully you can go check it out in the show notes. Um, And I hope you join me back here next week. We took a week off last week because it was Easter and I decided to just take the week off. Um, but join me next week. We'll be back and I'll be talking about the ways that I have figured out very concrete, specific ways to make all three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and even snacks, real food conveniently. In the meantime, if you're not following me over on Instagram, please do so, or please go check out solelyrested.com. That's my wheelhouse where 
everything I've ever put out there as a brand is housed right there in one place. So please go peruse it and find some, hopefully some really great content that will be inspiring to you. And, um, I, I never spell it. Maybe I should S O U L Y rested rest in my soul, even though it's really hard to find rest in the world sometimes. Um, Okay. So thanks for listening, friends. And by the way, I would love to hear about your favorite appliances. So shoot me your thoughts on that over on Instagram. And I would love to chat with you about that. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'll catch up with you next episode of the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. I hope that you are following it on your favorite podcast player. And remember, it's easy to forget how blessed we are, guys, to live this life. And I know this life can be hard some days. So enjoy the simple, everyday efforts. It's not easy, but it's a good life.